1: Hey, yo, this is Big Daddy Kane, and you're listening to another hot interview on The Library with Tim Einenko on RapStation.com. Growing up living life with no concern with it. Permanent curves in the road. We just turned with it. Was like a tournament. How we played on the streets of this big apple that got a worm in it. Had to earn in it. packed groceries and tote it bags. Just so we could sport and the tags And though we didn't have a wealth to Stepping on the scene, crisp and clean Gave us self-esteem Guess
2: Master Ace, legendary MC, Juice Crew member He is the gold standard when it comes to lyricism Not only is he an accomplished solo artist He's also a member of EMC touring the planet on a regular basis And obviously showing everyone how it should be done he and his label, M3 Records, recently inked a deal with Penalty Entertainment and is currently working on a new album, which is scheduled for release in mid-2015. Master Ace, welcome to the library with Tim Ryan and Kel on rapstation.com. Good to be here, man. Looking forward to it. So I want to start from the the way, way of beginning beginning. Uh, you were born in Brownsville, Brooklyn, um, and I read that your early hip-hop influencers were just dudes that were around the corner, rhyming in the park. So two questions. Do you remember any of those lyrics that they came up with? Uh, Any, like, not even just, it doesn't have to be the exact lyrics, but concepts they were coming up with. And also, how do these local artists, those local artists still influence you today in your rhymes?
3: Well, the main guy for me in my neighborhood was a guy named Charlie Wap. He actually lived in my building, Charles Charles Hardison. Uh, I lived on the seventh floor, he lived on the sixth floor. And he would walk around with his radio, his big radio, playing his rhyme his raps that he would do in the house or in the park and um his signature thing that he would always say because back then like rappers always had like certain kind of things that they would say in between before they got to the next written rhyme so they'd be like to the beat, y'all and you don't stop that kind of stuff that wasn't that wasn't written that was just something to fill in the blanks before you got to the next beginning of the next rhyme and so his thing was he would always say to the beat mother butter to the beat mother butter to the beat mother butter to the beat and then he would start his next his next rhyme so anytime you heard that to the beat mother butter I don't know where he got that from but that was his his signature kind of line that connected his rhymes together and uh, like I said he lived in my building and he used to rap out in the park and he was one of the first guys that I looked up to from, a, from an MC standpoint
2: so are you still connected with those guys I mean do you do they ever like say oh i just heard your new album or i mean do you talk to them about how they influenced you i'm not i'm not i haven't seen charles
3: in many 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 years like since we were kids really but um through the through the miracle of facebook uh we've we've found each other and um i actually spoke to him on the phone probably like about 6 8 months ago spoke to him on the phone um, and just kind of got, we just kind of filled each other in on each other's lives. I mean, we're talking about decades, like, you know, so it's like, you know, yeah, I'm married, I got kids in college, this and that. And so that that's pretty much what the conversation, you know, was about. I lost touch with a lot of people from my neighborhood, but there are still a handful of people that
2: um, through Facebook that you still kind of connect with. Uh, so you obviously you've done concept albums as a solo artist, you know, A Long Hot Summer, um, Disposable Arts, um, and you've also done concept albums as a group with like EMC. Um, You've also done albums obviously without concepts. Uh, For you, well, one, how do you keep coming up with these themes when you do these concept albums? But two, um, what's easier for you? I mean, is it easier to kind of have a game plan, I guess, of like, this is my album, this is going to be the concept, or is it kind of better to be more free form for you well
3: how I keep coming up with them just to answer the first part of your question is um, I don't come up with them they come to me like I really believe that um, somewhere in the universe you know I'm influenced creatively I don't know where that source or where that place is from but I find myself waking up four o'clock in the morning for no reason and then not being able to fall back to sleep and then I get these brilliant ideas and I can only you know blame that on something beyond myself Um, and so once I sort of found the concept album as something that I enjoyed doing I knew that I wanted to continue to do that over and over and over again each time there was uh, a concept album on on the table or an album on the table and I had to figure out a way to uh, connect the songs together and make it a cohesive story. Um, That was always the challenge for me because I've always been a writer. Before I was a rapper, I was a writer, you know, um, all the way back to as far back as sixth grade, seventh grade, you know, I was writing stories and Um, it's just something that's in me. Um, and when I make these concept albums, the storyline around the album is an exercise to me. And it's a challenge as well, because now you're trying to make this story that you're trying to tell in between songs, connect to the songs in some way. And so, um, I've just enjoyed doing that and I'll, I'll continue, um, to do those kinds of albums because for me as a writer, they're just
2: a lot of fun to do. After your solo album, one of the things you did was you did um, Master Ace Ace Incorporated. Um, And I read, and you said in Brian Coleman's uh, Check the Technique, Volume 2, you said the reason why you wanted a crew was because you realized at the time groups sold a lot more than solo artists. Um, How much, I guess then compared to now, does your artistic process or your artistic um, decision-making depend on the financial gain uh is it i mean how do you weigh i guess financial gain versus not uh versus versus your artistic vision
3: honestly um it doesn't play into my thinking at all anymore um many years ago when i was signed to these different labels and distributed by these majors um you know i had to think in a more um, just I had to think in terms of sales and how to how to what's the best way to get sales and what's the best way to you know make a record that's gonna do this or do that and i'm 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 happy to say that I'm free from that i don't i'm i'm now that I'm independent I don't have to think in those terms anymore, and it's actually been positive and beneficial to me. I feel like I've made better decisions and better records now that i'm not focused on the bottom line or focused on well the label wants something that's going to be able to play on the radio so i need to go in and make this type of song um it's just a a a great feeling to be able to go in and just literally make the exact song you want to make the, the exact album you want to make and it come out the way exactly the way you wanted to make it and you didn't think about this has to be a song for the radio or this has to be a song for this group of people or this has to be a song for the commercial crowd you just went in and you just made an honest record um i definitely don't long i don't long for those days when i when i when i was uh, in in those situations on those majors and forced to make those kinds of kinds of decisions and i'm i'm happy where i am i'm i'm independent and i'm loving it
2: um speaking of- Weighing in on groups versus solo. How 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 different is it for you when you're creating music within within a group, and also versus being a solo artist? I mean, are there advantages and disadvantages? And one thing I'm wondering is, has there ever been a point where in a group you're doing a, let's say with EMC for example, you're doing a song, you only have this much time, and you start writing lyrics, and you realize, oh crap, I have, I, I'm you know I'm so inspired, I've have, I've have, I have enough for a whole a whole song right here, or even a whole album. So has there been any times where you've held out those lyrics for another album or another um, track another record for your solo stuff? And if so, can you tell us which tracks those might have been? Well, that's never actually happened. But what I will
3: say is that um, creating for a group as opposed to creating for myself, um, the the group thing is a lot easier. It's a lot less stress, a lot less pressure, because you're really only going to be responsible for a verse and um, so it it definitely cuts down on the amount of writing that you have to do um, which is always fun Um, but at the same time um, as kind of the director of the album I still have more work to do beyond just like if I could just write my verses and then just you know call me when the album's done like but I can't do that I'm actually after, after I write my parts then I have to reach out for the features reach out for the choruses the hooks the, I mean we all kind of contribute to that but I'm kind of the overseer to making sure that all of those things connect and I have to make sure that the side side artist contracts are signed and filled out and all the paperwork and all of that is involved then I have to figure out the the skit the storyline bring people in to record the skits write the skits um so there's still a lot involved in it for me but I enjoy it so I'm not complaining um but when I'm when I'm writing for myself, I can... That's when I really can run away with it and, 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 and get lost in the beat and just start writing verse on top of verse or writing 24-bar verses, 30-bar verses. Um, um, but since I... When I know I'm working on EMC, I know that I'm going to cut, cut myself off. And, and unless it's really something super, like, pressing, like, guys, I really got to do a 24 on this. Like, that hasn't happened. Um and we I think we all each do a good job of kind of deferring to the other person le- letting everybody kind of get their get their stuff off and uh we're just good at communicating and and creating and everybody staying in the same on the same page with what we 're doing
2: I read that it wasn't until your until you shot the video for the Symphony where you felt your career kind of jumped off and you knew you wanted to pursue this as a career uh but have you ever thought of like if you weren't doing this, what you would be doing, and then also? how much do you think hip hop culture would play a part in to that alternative career
3: i went to college i got my degree in marketing um i had had enough credits for a minor in advertising and advertising was actually what my concentration was um it just so happened that my the school that i graduated from university of rhode island they didn't offer advertising as a major so i had to do i had to take marketing but what i did was all of my elective classes every every class that I took within um the business uh school, the school of business was geared towards advertising. My my goal was to when I graduated from college to get a job at one of the advertising agencies. I wanted to write television commercials. I wanted to, you know, the Budweiser commercials, the funny commercials, the you know um the radio spots, the 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 print ads. Um I just knew that I wanted to create in that way. Um and so you know when I left college, that was um what I was um, about to embark on, and then all of a sudden this music thing just kind of kind of happened um and the symphony when the symphony video dropped um that was what kind of cemented my place um as an artist that people knew um they put my name across the screen, they showed my face on a freeze frame they showed my my face my name, and from that point. Um, things have been completely different. Like, the the day that video came out, I came back around my neighborhood and everybody was l- losing their minds going crazy because uh, they couldn't believe that was me, and it, it just turned into this whole thing. And then I got to kind of see the other side of it, the, the, the so-called fame side of it and how people start to act a little weird and different. And, um, you know, people who you've been friends with, you know, your whole life, all of a sudden, are not sure how to approach you or act like they don't know how to speak to you exactly. They don't know if you're going to act different. So I got to see some of that stuff um really from the time that that video uh uh dropped but um yeah my life has been been different ever since I've been in the music business since since that happened I never actually even didn't took an interview for an advertising job because the music thing just 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 went it flew it flew I mean it was overnight
2: compared to music versus advertising how I guess what was the weight of like how passionate were you about advertising versus uh, how passionate were you about music?
3: I was very passionate about advertising. Um, when I was in college, I was part of a a team um, that competed. My school competed against other colleges um, for an opportunity to to, to basically create a, an entire advertising campaign for Nestle's Alpine White Chocolate Bar. It was a that was a new product at the time. Pretty good. Yeah, I've 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 tried it. I'm not a fan of white chocolate, but, um, no, I was very passionate about it. I, it. It was fun to me. It was exciting to me to, to, to come up with a, a concept, uh, uh, for an ad pain, ad campaign to figure out, um, you know, how the spot was going to run, what the music was going to be. And that's where the kind of the music part of it comes from. I know that if I had gone into advertising instead of into music, I know that hip hop and the sounds of hip hop would, would, would still be prevalent in, whatever I was going to be creating for whatever advertising campaign I was going to be working on. I know that some of those beats, some of those songs, those great musical songs would have been somehow finding their way into whatever I was doing on the advertising side.
2: Uh, There's a lot of criticism. There's a lot of criticism about today's hip hop music that you hear on the radio. Um, You've talked about how you think hip hop needs diversity. Um, and it also needs diversity in order to be in a good place. Uh, but it seems that in terms of getting any radio play, that diversity card is kind of thrown out the window. Um, I guess how are you working to try to get diversity back into radio? Are you at, or are you at a point in your career where it's not about radio play for you anymore?
3: It's not about commercial radio play. Um, what what has kept me going is college radio, is internet radio, is underground radio, it's Spotify, it's you know. Uh, whatever other forms of, you know, it's satellite radio, whatever other forms besides um, the commercial FM airwaves in the United States um, that a person can find music and listen to it, that's what it's about for me. And, and, And in a lot of ways, those other formats reach more people if you really think about it. You know, it's not about commercial radio for me anymore. That doesn't mean to say that if... We stumble upon a great record that commercial radio decides to play that I'm going to be like, oh, I hate this. This is whack. Why are they playing my song? I'm not going to do that. I, I, I'll embrace it. But what I'm not doing is chasing it. I'm not trying to go in the studio and make a record that I think Hot 97 might play or that that I think uh, not KTU might play. Like I'm not in the studio trying to do that. If we find a great record that we like, we record it, we put it out there to the world. If somebody from one of those stations decides, hey, we this is a kind of a cool record, then we then we see where we can go from there. If they wanna, you know, give us a spin, great. You know, it's expensive, especially as an independent, to get in that game. Just to get in that game is about a hundred grand. Just to just to be in the mix of it, it's like you gotta commit a hundred thousand dollars. And so for an independent label a lot of times, you know, you're not even able to compete in the first place to even get a spin on a, on a commercial station, so that's why we don't even we don't even look at it
2: it also seems like i mean if you talk about commercial radio, you also talk about timeless music right and it seems like commercial radio right now there's n- no timeless music and then you look at stuff like what you do and e m c and also other artists um they do timeless music um a track that I've always appreciated that you were featured on is when 2004 you we were featured with Edo G's My uh, Own Worst Enemy and you were featured on the track Wishing. Mm-hmm. Um, can you briefly talk about the creation of that track but also is this a case because of the lyrical content of what you guys were talking about at, at that time that you kind of wish it wasn't timeless music because you could totally play that track today and everything you guys talked about is exactly what's happening today.
3: Yeah, it, it's... It's a, it's a great song and it always amazes me People to this day will reach out to me on Twitter And just mention that song Or they're playing it right now And people are still discovering that song um, You know, Edo asked me to be a, a part of it And, and uh, I was glad that he did I, I, I was happy that it was a song that was about something um, I was excited to write my verse and, and, and attack it the way I did I was even more excited that the song You know, got played on the, um, on the Boondocks TV show That was pretty cool um, and they played my verse like I was like wow that's Edo's song but I got you know I got a little bit of a uh, couple of my lines got played that was cool um, the fact that a lot of those lyrics still still apply today just kind of shows you where, where we are in the world we've made we've made tremendous progress as a society but we have a long way to go that's just what it is
2: a few more questions um, on M.A. Doom uh, Son of Ivan the the record 1970 uh, something you talk about being raised and I quote, on the sounds of the 70s. Uh, and then you go on to talk about the music from that decade. You talk about Earth, Wind & Fire, Curtis Mayfield, Aretha Franklin, Al Green, to name a few. Um, how have these records influenced you in your creative process? And also, how important do you think it is for kind of today's up-and-coming hip-hop artists to actually listen to these records in order to, I, to sustain, uh, I guess, a long career?
3: Well, that music, the 70s music was a huge, huge influence on me because um, that record collection that was in my apartment in the projects in Brownsville that, that belonged partially to my mother and partially to my uncle Marvin, those albums, those, those vinyl, those 45 discs were the first music... That I sampled for my first album, I would I would sit there listen to those records, find a loop that I really loved, and then I would take those same records up to Marley Mall's house, and I would say, "Yo, I want to loop this. I want to sample. I want to rap to this." And he would ob- obviously create the beat and do do his magic to it. But um, that music was the backdrop for my childhood. You know, um, it's so funny when you're when you're eight, nine, ten years old. You're you're doing kid stuff like you're you're playing with your army men or whatever it is that you're playing with or whatever you're doing, and in the background there's music playing from the living room. You're 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 taking a bath. You're in you know you're, you're taking a bath. You're playing uh, playing with your toys in the bathtub, but there's music playing, and you might not be paying attention to it as a ten year old kid, but it's seeping in, and you hear that. Same song when you're 25, and it immediately hits you in your soul. You might not remember that you were taking a bath at the time that song was playing, but it brings you right back to the smells of your, you know, your apartment, your the sounds, whatever was happening around you at that time. It, it immediately transforms me, transports me back to being a 10 year old kid and hearing Earth, Wind, and Fire playing constantly on repeat, literally in my house um and so yeah those 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 songs those records really shaped me in terms of today's artists the 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 young artists coming up you know um that's not going to be their music that's not going to be their music because their parents are going to be younger so their parents are going to be listening to probably Trop Call Quest, Mob Deep, you know, NWA. And that was their generation. So when they were 10 and 11, that's probably what was playing in the background for them. So 90s hip hop would be what they would have, have grown up on. So I don't expect them to be familiar with Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Al Green, and Aretha Franklin, and that kind of stuff necessarily. Um, if somebody in their family exposes them to that, then that's great. That's that's just another level of um, being connected to music. Um, but I expect them to at least be connected to whatever was playing in their house at that time. You know, different kids from different parts of the world, or e- e- at least in the country, um, there was a completely different music movement happening in, like, if you came from Atlanta, what was playing in the households in Atlanta in the mid nineties or the early nineties is might be different than what was playing in a household from a kid from the Bronx. And so, you know, that kid that was 10 years old living in Atlanta was listening, might've been hearing something completely different and kid in the Bronx might've been listening to, you know, some real like, you know, grandmaster flash furious five, you know, treacherous three, whatever was playing in the background for them. They connect more with that. Um, it's all generational though. And, um, you know, it's it's definitely fun to to talk about and think and 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 to have dialogue about those kind of topics.
2: I'm just wondering because, you know, obviously hip hop when it was created it was, you know, sampling, you know, the, the you know, it's taking something, I taking nothing and making it something, right? So the lost music, rock, whatever was sampled, and now today you have, like you said, the kids today are going to be listening to probably tribe, but then when they grow up the music that their kids might hear will probably be like today's artists who yeah who doesn't or you know like a pit bull or you know whatever so the question so i guess it's wondering if this is like the secret to a long career is having that background of you know of 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 old rock of old soul music um and or is it eventually you know are, are we gonna continue a cycle of this having one hit wonders because as kids grow up they're just going to be their influences are going to be one hit wonders
3: i mean there's a there's always going to be one hit wonders there always has been um you know as kind of more hip-hop purists we might sometimes get a little bit depressed about the state of hip-hop and the music that's being You know, played and the the lack of maybe lyrical skill that's happening on some of the records and stuff like that. But I always have to remind myself that this phenomenon has always existed in hip hop. There has always been whack dudes on the radio that sold tons and tons of records and they were mad popular. So you know, let's not pretend in our 40s like oh this is this this new thing now these cats are they're terrible and they're selling all these records this has always been here it's always been people that we thought were terrible that sold tons of records that were popular with the commercial hip hop audience and this is nothing new there's going to be every year there's going to be some good music that's going to come out there's going to be some um artists that stand the test of time and that continue to you know and and they may not unfortunately do the sales numbers that the whack dude's going to do but they're going to build a consistent fan base where they'll be able to tour and perform for decades and decades and that's really what what, what it's about the one hit wonders will find out when you know when the big house money and the big car money all dwindle away because the the song's not popular anymore and nobody's booking them for shows because they're on to the next new new one-hit wonder, um, and then they go from a whole lot to nothing overnight, um, while the cat who wasn't getting those radio spins is still touring and making tons, and you know has tons and tons of fans that are going to continuously come out to support them. They'll find out at that point. It's one of those things. It's a, it's a cycle thing and you, you just have to watch. You know, there's certain songs and certain artists that you can point to from, say, 10 years ago that had a hot record that was killing the radio that was, oh, this guy's killing it. And then you can't find him now. Like, he's just completely... he's 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 in the studio, allegedly, but he can't be found. And it's lessons learned man you know I've, I'm glad I'm glad I took the route that I took listen
1: here and feel my words but something's wrong with y'all and none wrong with me and happy in my life is what I long to be and happy in my life is what I'm going to be what you see in me is what I was born to be from the day that my mom's first birth, the child she didn't need the world to make it worth the while so I don't need no magazine to reach the pinnacle screw the review and you can eat the interview Cause that's what y'all seem to tend to do. Them cats you cover all seem identical. But through it all, I weave like the Parker's hair. And shine underground cause it's darkest there. Yeah. I keep moving along, keep bringing it on. I keep singing a song, you I ain't listening. I keep moving along, keep bringing it on. I keep singing a song, which I ain't listening. I keep moving along, keep bringing it on. I keep singing a song, which I ain't listening. Keep moving along Keep bringing it on And keep singing the song Y'all industry niggas should be feeling ashamed Y'all like, he ain't stealing the game We stealing the name but wait just a sec, that's straight disrespect If you take shit and jet, then don't be late with the check I'm on the underground trying to scrape and scrounge It sure would feel good to take a break and lounge All these ups and downs like a roller coaster. Life is a bitch, I'm trying to hold her closer I'm killing every nigga in sight Sight, the bigger the dog, the bigger the fight If you really say you know me, then you figured I might Try to use my anger as a trigger to write I put it down simple on a paper pad and try to take a stab at what is making me mad. I jump on the track and I ride it through and do it for the people that are tried and true. But y'all so fickle, y'all love me today and tomorrow love another cat and shove me away. But most ain't committed to do it how I did it in the way that I did it and the way that I spit it. It's like my verse to truth and it might hurt the booth, but first to prove it gave birth to youth. Raps like trying to take a piss in the wind I'm just glad to know that some of y'all were listening in Yeah I keep moving along Keep bringing it on I keep singing the song Which I ain't listening I keep moving along Keep bringing it on I keep singing the song Which I ain't listening I keep moving along Keep bringing it on I keep singing the song Which I ain't listening I keep moving along Keep bringing it on I keep singing the song But y'all